This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 78 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the Southern California hospitality industry from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I am your host, Croft McCarthy, founder of the Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. As a reminder, if you do enjoy the show, Please be sure to leave a rating and or a review if you are listening to it over on free feeds, Spotify, iTunes, etc. It helps other folks discover it as well. You can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. And don't forget that if you do subscribe over on patreon.com forward slash the best seats, not only do you get access to each and every show about a week before the general public on those free feeds, but you get it ad free, you get it sped up and and by sped up, I mean none of those inferior kind of middle ads and anything like that, but you also get exclusive access to the post show, the bonus show that we have launched about five episodes in now, give or take launched at the beginning of the year. So yeah, if you're over on Patreon supporting there, first and foremost, thank you for your support, but you get free ad free early, all the good stuff that comes with it. But enough talk about Patreon. Let's jump into episode 78 because we are sitting down with two friends of mine. Uh, one guest who has been on the show before way back in the early days, and that is Troy Barton. The other guest, Patrick Thomas. Now, both of these guys are industry vets. Um, they've been in this game a long time, as you will hear on the interview. And they work together for a little bit um, down here in Southern California over at a place called Stadium Brewing Company in Aliso Viejo. That was where I first met them. Uh, those of you who know me, uh, that's just the area that I live in. Not a lot of watering hole options. So that was one that I went to. Became very good friends with both of these guys. Obviously, stayed in touch with them. Troy went off, did a bunch of stuff with Lounge Group. Uh, worked at most of their properties. That was where he first interviewed back when he had just opened Helmsman and then the shutdown. Patrick had been with Stadium for a while longer and then broke off to do some individual projects. But now they are coming together to open something very, very exciting for the area. They are coming to open OC Local Tap Room over in Laguna de Gal, California. Now, I know what you're thinking. Right off the top of your head, you're not really thinking, okay, Laguna de Gal, that's not really a destination place you hear of when you think of Orange County, right? It's not Laguna Beach. It's not Huntington. It's not Newport. It's not kind of one of these happening places. Well, that's the reason that there's a big opportunity here, and it's why it's so special about what they're doing. There's a massive market outside of the major cities in Orange County where people live that want to have good places to go to. They're designing that. They are both tried and true, absolute lovers of the craft beer scene. They know what it takes to have a craft beer place, and they know what it takes to build out somewhere where people are going to want to come. So... Getting them back together at the time of this recording and when this feed does hit uh, free feeds, it will just be about ready to open. So if you're listening to this at a later date, it's probably definitely open by then. But when this does hit free feeds, it's just about to open. And that's a very, very exciting thing. They have a great destination. They have 80 taps. That's right. Eight zero for you beer heads. So get ready to count. They know what they're doing. They have great relationships with a ton of the breweries all around here, including Brewery X and a bunch of others. And they're very experienced. 
They're also just good guys. You ask around, and it's funny because I've done this the past couple episodes recording these. You go kind of see friends. You check in with them after or before the recording. No one has a bad thing to say. Troy Barton might be one of the nicest people in the world, and Patrick has never, I think, harmed a bug. So they're great people that are really doing something exciting in an area that is desperate for some excitement. So before I ramble on any further, let's jump right into it. I want you to hear their story and from them with episode 78 of the Best Seats podcast featuring my friends Troy Barton and Patrick Thomas. Enjoy. Gentlemen, excited to sit down. Troy, you are back on the show. You were one of the very first people that I had on the show. I want to say episode four or five back when it was a little bit of a rougher water. So thank you for coming back and bearing with. Pat, first time having you on the show. But boys, I'm very excited to sit down and talk about OC, local tap room, everything that we have going on, you guys kind of reuniting and a whole lot more. But before we do that, would you guys both mind taking a moment to introduce yourselves and give a little bit of your background and kind of how we got here today? Yeah. I'm uh, Patrick Thomas, and uh, I've been working in the restaurant industry since college in 18, you know, I was 18, working at Domino's in, God, Daytona Beach, Florida. Started working for Hooters of America, God bless Hooters. Traveled across the United States with them from Florida to Oklahoma, ended up in Newport Beach and never left, and I've been there ever since, like 96 I came here, and uh, met Troy. My wife made me get a job. I really didn't want to get back to work, but she's got tired of me surfing and having fun. Growing and, up is hard. Yeah, I grew up and I got a job and I took over a stadium brewing company over in Aliso Viejo and uh, Troy used to come in and we started doing, we started this great craft beer program. I'm getting into it too much, but that's a little bit about me. Troy, what about you? I know you've been on the show before, but it has been a hot minute. I want to say it was late April, 2020, give or take when you were first on. What have you been up to? And, and for people that may not want to go all the way back to those rough first episodes, would you mind giving a little bit of your background? Oh, nothing's rough on this show. Come on now. Uh, I'm, I'm Troy Barton. I have been working in the restaurant industry for my entire life. Um, I have been uh, Pat's bar manager at Stadium Brewing Company. That's that's when we met. I got hired there. And from then, I started working at the lounge group. I worked for Mario for the last five years. I was the general manager of four of his bars. I helped run a couple of them during the pandemic. And whenever there was an issue or uh, they were needing some extra training, I just got to come in and make sure the staff was having a good time. Well, you guys are now reunited, kind of back together. Um, Putting the band again, back together. Getting the band back together. <laughs> Talk about where we're sitting today and kind of how this vision came to be. Well, it really all started when we started the craft beer program probably over 12 years ago at Stadium. I was tasked with getting local beer and beer, and I, I didn't know a whole lot about it, like most. You know, I thought um, Pete's Wicked was the greatest ever back in the day, and then Heffenweisen's when they came out. That's about my limitations. I mean, I've tried all the beers. We have the, you have the brew pubs you go to. They're just okay. So I started getting collecting all these samples, and I knew Troy. I go, hey, Troy, let's – and I knew a couple other guys. I go, let's uh, start blind tasting all these and see which is the best beer. And that's how it all started. We just started these random blind tastings of beer. It was pretty cool. And then we were tasting them and you didn't know we'd mix it up and we'd actually honestly sit there and talk about the beers and whatever ones were the best is what we came up with a list. And then we started this great craft beer program and just kept going. So you guys both did your time at stadium. Um, I live in Aliso, so it's a place that I have frequented quite a lot. There's not too many options in Aliso Viejo. So there's a kind of only a couple watering holes to go to. You guys really did have a great, great craft beer list there. So thank you very much. Things change. People move on. Obviously kind of, we're sitting here middle of February recording this episode, OC local formerly kind of signatures, uh, which was a great dive bar RIP to them because I do love dive bars, but everything has its day. 
now we're sitting here. How did this vision come about and kind of how did it come to find this space and, well, and what was kind of the catalyst for it? Well, there was a lot of looking for spaces and, and when you're looking for a space, a lot of landlords don't give you opportunity. You got to have deep pockets. So being a concept opening up without deep pockets, it took a lot. But I had my eye on this bar because I felt like it had great bones. It had the cooler, it had the kitchen, it had the space. It was in a location where I knew people. Um, I, I, there's nothing within really three miles of us that can touch what we're doing. Um, and what came about, it was putting everything local under one roof. And, and it was a long time ago. I thought about changing what regular bars do and make it more of a California thing where we're controlling labor and making more money, providing locally sourced, better goods to the people and educating them about it. Yeah. Troy, how did you come onto the program? I mean, what, what brought oh. you basically back to this? Well, Pat and I have been talking about this idea for about 15 years now. We worked together for 10 years, and uh, how that started was uh, Pat hired me as a bartender, and then two weeks in, Pat said, <laughs> uh, so I'm going on vacation. I need you to cover these management shifts, and we need a new cocktail list by uh, next month. Cool. Good luck. I just kind of looked at him, and he's like, Troy, you're the bar manager. Bar managers are in charge of cocktail lists, and that's how I became a manager. Yeah. Uh, it was basically that. And from there... Um, we started talking about different craft beers. We started with a bottle program. At that point in time, Stadium had uh, 10 handles. We updated that entire system to have 60, where we yep. rotated 48 uh, craft beers on a single keg rotation. And we just kind of started talking about our mutual love for all the Orange County breweries and how the fact of you can't really go to a place and get a lot of them. A lot of them are self-distributed or they're smaller, uh, they're smaller so they don't have the ability to get out to a whole lot of places. And especially if you want to go to all these bars and breweries, um, if you want to go to their tasting room, you can hit maybe three in a day because they're spaced out pretty far. And let's face it, after like two or three, you probably shouldn't go to the next one. Yeah, that's fair. I've definitely had a couple hyper centers up in Anaheim while all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's going to be a long Uber home. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, obviously, for those that are listening, this is not open yet. Um, it will not be open, I don't think, based on when this episode will go live. But if people are listening to it later on, this will be open tentatively about March, depending on end of, kind March. of, end of March, give or take. So what's the kind of concept for this? I mean, because we're sitting here now, I, I, obviously we're kind of most of the way through construction. And we should say where well, you guys had 60 taps at stadium. I'm looking at a shiny, what 80, is it, 80, 80 back there, which is massive. Brand new system, everything redone, top of the line. So what the idea is, is this kind of what struck me was to do like a Napa style tasting room where you have great service behind the bar and the staff is knowledgeable and they're, they'll help. Let's say you come in, you don't know a lot about craft beer. Well, you don't want to be caught off by somebody who is snooty and knows more than you. But let's say you're a great fan of uh, Sculpin. Mm -hmm. But now Sculpin's a big brand. Well, they should know that you like Sculpin. They should know by those hops. And depending, let's say you say grapefruit Sculpin. They, they would drive you towards, oh, you should taste this beer from this brewery that's local. Or you should taste this from, like, say, Bottle Logic. They have great grapefruit. Greyhound. Yep. It's awesome. And they should taste you on that and drive you towards what you like and knew. And hopefully they remember who you are. And they also, as you... be come in we engage with you and we want you to go to other places and go why am i not at oc local tapper and we have a, such a system of different things going on that when you go to somewhere else you'll realize like why am i not there when you see their beer list or you get their service or you, our idea is to drive towards service which was one of my number one goals is going to places and getting people that really didn't feel like they wanted me to be there <laughs> you know or they didn't have knowledge you know i've had that happen in many places and i won't name it but they had no knowledge when i asked them hey what's your freshest ipa yeah. Um, what IPAs do you have? Mm, I don't know. You know, I don't see them for 15 minutes and they come back with a list. <laughs> there is kind of a barrier to entry for craft beer. I'm self-admittedly a big fan, but I'm very not knowledgeable. I refer to people like you know, my friend Greg Nagel and people like that who are obviously beer experts, Cicerones. Yeah. 
there can can be kind of a barrier to entry with so many taps and, and kind of so many different things that you guys are going to have on tap, which we'll talk about in a little bit. How do you make it so kind of approachable and accessible for somebody to come in and not feel overwhelmed to look at those 80 taps and just kind of go, holy shit, that's, I don't know, just that one. Just well, kind of get scared and point. Troy can handle this part about the training. Uh, I think he can tell you, and I can tell you a little bit about some of the promotion stuff we're doing to help break that barrier down too. Yeah, let's start with that. Troy, jumping in. Uh, well, as far as training goes, uh, that's going to be my main focus. And um, throughout my time uh, as a corporate trainer, I used to open restaurants for the Brinker Corporation. So uh, Chili's on the borders, things like that. Mm -hmm. They would fly me all over the Pacific Northwest to open restaurants before I started working for Pat. And then through um, us doing the craft pre program uh, there, we were able to sit down and create a training program to educate our staff about craft beer and kind of like start menu guiding them through what's your flavor? What, what kind of flavors do you enjoy? Well, we have this, this, this beer will actually work well. Or if you even like a Coors Light, there's, there's craft beer that actually like works that way for you. And also getting people to be a little bit more adventurous. And that yeah. I think comes more from anything else than finding the right people with the right personalities and giving them the proper tools. And, uh, I have, Currently, personally written a 50-page training manual for the staff. And the, my favorite thing to do on new restaurant openings, you, you'll never get a better staff than that first like group of people yeah. because it's the time we can actually get there, sit them down, treat it like a classroom, show them everything. We have an amazing scratch kitchen that Trace Compadres is putting together for us as well. So we can show them everything about it and actually teach them how to guide them, how to guide people through what's going on. So the best thing about... Um, our training here is it's going to be 100% and totally personality based. We're able to showcase all of the breweries that we find that we love the independent craft breweries in Orange County, put them all under one roof. So then people can go out and find something that they like based on coming in here with knowledge of what they enjoy. And we can hopefully get them to be a little bit more adventurous or we can have them just find what they love and stick there. And then they'll have a space that they know, Oh, I like this rip brewing company beer. We know exactly where Rip is. We can go up, the, we can tell them where it is, how to get there, what's going on. And basically like just continue the education of all the amazing things that are happening here in Orange County. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned programs and kind of yeah. things like that. And just a little bit on training, you know, when mm -hmm. we're doing hiring, you can hire people with sk like skill sets at no beer in this, but we can't, we can't hire them and train them to have good attitudes. Yeah. We can't hire them to keep their head up and smile. And we're looking for the right individual we can train them. Troy can train them. We can teach them about beer and wine. If they can handle pressure and stress and they got a great attitude, I'll take that any day over someone who's been behind a bar 10 years. Yeah. You know, it, that has a bad attitude because all they're going to do is run off our guests. And that's what we're going to do when we're screening our staff. And I think he's going to do an exceptional He's going to do a great job. I don't think you, know, you can really find anybody more upbeat than me. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Troy, <laughs> yeah. you are one of the few people, no matter where I go in Orange County, no matter who I have on the podcast, when your name comes up, I have never heard a negative thing said about you i pay them a lot of money <laughs> that's fair deep pockets help um uh, and we should mention that it isn't just beer you guys are going to have wine yes there, is it going to be spirits as well yes so we're, uh, we're going to still focus uh as far as like the beers it's going to be only orange county craft breweries we're going to have a couple of different ones uh uh, this concept is something that we would like to see grow. So as well as having OC Local, we already have uh, the process going for trademarks for IE Local, LA Local, yeah, just SD to lock them Local. Down, that makes sense. Yeah, we want to make sure that we this is a concept that's able to grow. In doing so, um, there's not a lot of great Orange County spirits out there. There are some good ones, and we can focus on that. But California itself has some amazing wines and some amazing spirits that Orange County 
doesn't necessarily have. So everything here will be from California, which is phenomenal as well, especially like the wines. The wines yeah. are, I mean, California is famous for its wine regions. And we, yeah, can we actually, don't, we don't suck at that. No, we're pretty good at it. Uh, talking about kind of the beers themselves, Orange County is rich with fantastic craft beers. I mean, you guys, Brewery X, Bottle Logic, Rip, I mean, you could, Docent, you name, and you can, you're can you going to run out of fingers really, really quickly if everybody who does a quality job. How does the curation process go for you guys? I mean, again, 80 taps is a lot, so you've got riches. Obviously, not all 80 are going to be beers. You'll have, I'm assuming, other things kind of on there. Like, yeah, it, I'll take you through that. So we're going to do eight spirits. Okay. Um, Troy's going to be in charge of those recipes. Uh, we'll make a few handmade cocktails, and they're organic Vodkas out of, uh, they're made by uh, Trincaro Group, basically. I think I pronounced that right. Hanson's Vodka. Hanson's Vodka. It's really mm -hmm. awesome. Great flavors. So we'll have t several handmade cocktails, but not a full back bar. But then we have the eight signatures that are always on draft. They're always consistent, and they're always there for you. Uh, we have a nitro cold brew, which is fantastic. Troy brought us in from Thunder King. And then we're going to do two nitro beers out of Orange County. We'll go into our craft, and then, like we said, we also have partners in L.A. There's one L.A. We're bringing in El Segundo from L.A. Brewing. I mean, our L.A. local tap room. Uh, I.E., we haven't determined a brewery yet. And then S.D., we're working with a great, great kombucha, uh, Jaybirds, uh, who I met, and we brought them up, and that's fantastic. And I think we're also doing North Park. Gotcha. And then on the wine, we went to um, all California wines, obviously, and Champagne, we went with Chandon, which is made in California. Uh, and, and we're going to go through the different wines. We'll also do a few high-end bottle selects that you've never seen poured by the glass. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to the training, if that's all right, because we yeah, can of finish course. that with the, uh, the promotions. One of the things that we're going to do in the marketing is, like, we have taco and cervezas on Tuesday. Well, every Tuesday there's a beer rep on site, tasting people on the beer, talking about their brewery, and helping us explain the beer, get it out there, and also sell the beer. So almost like doing on-prem, but instead of talking every, to bartenders, you're talking to directly to customers. Every Tuesday, and the staff's in behind it. And on Wednesday, we do charcuterie and wine. And really, it's cheese and meat platters. Don't expect really fancy charcuterie out of us. <laughs> <laughs> Not Lunchables, but it's It won't really be Lunchables, but we'll step it up. Uh, and then we'll have a wine rep on every Wednesday to help us with the wine, you know, and taste people and educate people about the stuff. Once a month, we're going to do um, meet the winemaker and meet the brewmaster. We can actually physically come in and meet the brewmaster or winemaker, and they'll have their crew here. They'll be tasting everybody. You can ask them questions about the product. That's going to be fantastic. We haven't selected dates or how we're going to work that yet, but yeah. it's coming. And then the first one will be Trevor from Brewery X. He's insisted, and I can't wait to have him here. <laughs> well, we I'm, I'm a big fan of Brewery X, um, a huge fan. And I know that you guys are very close to them. You have great worker relationships with them. That can only take up so much taps. So now that we've kind of talked about the programs, I do want to circle back though. How do you how do you cultivate the relationships and how do you pick kind of who gets to go where, who gets to go when? Obviously, people release stuff year round, different kind of seasonal beers, different limited editions. But how do you come up with the list? It, it's taste, but also it's how much they can produce. And I mean, we have some great breweries, but a lot of them can't produce a lot of great beer. There's, I mean, some you have a handful that can give you five full beers on tap. I mean. Really, what do we have? A few that are doing three or four, and most of them are one or two. So it really allows us a, a lot. And a lot of it's going to rotate, and a lot of it's based on Troy's taste yeah. and, and what he tells me he likes and I taste and, and what guests want. The beautiful thing about uh, Pat and my's relationship is it started from a genu genuine like love of different tastes, different styles. It wasn't just one thing. And um, basically, we grew up in the Orange County beer industry. That's where we made our bones. So 
through all of the work that we've done. I opened I opened Helmsman Ale House in Newport Beach for mm-hmm. the lounge group. So I've been able to actually like open a brewery myself and see that process and yeah. work with Dylan Mobley. I was going to say, Dylan Mobley is now with... He's with Rad Beer. That's right. He went yeah. to Rad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's making some pretty good stuff. I went up to their tasting when they opened. They're doing fun stuff. I mean, there's so many kind of to choose from. Do you guys have, and we'll kind of talk about this on the, on the post show as well, but... Do you guys have kind of ones that have come out that you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to get this on or I can't wait to share this? Are there kind of personal favorites? I mean, without obviously playing favorites because we love yeah, everybody. you can't necessarily play favorites, but at the <laughs> same time, we have, uh, we've had a wonderful experience with certain breweries and actually going there, Trevor being one of them with yeah. Brewery X. I've known Trevor since Pizza Port days, but uh, way back in the day. Um, he's always been phenomenal, very approachable, and just really happy to talk about beer and things like that. We actually contracted Brewery X to make our um, house make, beers. They make nice. our house beers. Beautiful. So they'll be making four beers for us um, that are just our beers that we will feature as well as having a whole bunch of their beers in here as well. Are you guys going to be doing like to-goes and things like that, like growlers or kind of any options growlers. like that? Yes, growlers, 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 sorry. Growlers. Wrong, wrong owler. Yeah. Glass is a little bit tougher to store. That's, True. That, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the area because, Pat, initially you kind of mentioned there's not much in the surrounding area that can kind of compete. But this area especially, I mean, we're in one of the Lagunas. What, Laguna, Niguel, Laguna? Yeah, that one. Um, the Niguel of Lagunas. Yeah, yeah. There's not much down here. I mean, most of the craft beer in Orange County is focused more north. Uh, there's obviously more space and commercial space for those guys to have breweries. And uh, like Bottle Logic and X are just across the street from each other. Rip is just up there. I want to say Rad Beer is just up there. I mean, there's a lot of them that are up here. Down south, you get, you know, Pizza Port, Docent, but there's really not many. Why this area? What's kind of valuable to this area? And, and why do you want to open it here? Well, I think one of the reasons is there's there is a demand for it here. There's a lot of craft beer following. There's a lot of people who want to drink it. And I wanted to also open something up that would bring in new craft beer drinkers. Yeah. As well as the idea, too, is that you can come in with your family here and enjoy yourselves like a brewery. Like a brewery. You can go, you know, there's kids and you're having a good time. It's not Chuck E. Cheese by any means. But you can sit there and have a good time. And that was one of the drives for here. There's a lot of people in this area, some investors and friends. And I I just felt that there was a need for this place that we could create that was like just all the breweries, but like a brewery, yeah, you know, and I just, there's so many people in this area that are traveling out of the area to go to places. And I, one of them, I've gone to a lot of breweries with a lot of friends and we travel and it's like, at this point, like you can only have a couple of beers. You got to have a DD or you got Uber. Yeah. So now why not put it right here? Three miles from the beach where you can just stop on the way back to the beach or do what you want to do. And I feel like it, it was just a perfect fit because there's nothing really in this area. Laguna Niguel is kind of an uh, interesting place because it, it is one of the more up-and-coming neighborhoods in Southern Orange County, and it's mainly younger families, people around our age mm-hmm. that, are, that are starting their own homes, their own families, and thank things you for like saying that. We're, thank you for saying that we're young. I needed we that boost today. Oh, no, trust me. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. <laughs> but there isn't a whole lot of things for in this area that are family-friendly. The uh, Around here is mainly houses, apartments, condos, things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's very that. suburban. It's very residential. And everyone around here has to travel just to go to, a, most of the time, just to go to a nice restaurant. Dana Point. Yeah, yeah, you're going to Dana, yeah. you're going to Laguna, maybe Elisa. Like maybe Elisa. Really Elisa has like yeah. one area. Yeah. We're lucky. We, we have this area. We're able to not only become a family-friendly place, but now we can be the South County tasting room for these amazing breweries that we found that we love. So, Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah.
If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potage, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloom potage. So again, I want to touch on the tasting room concept because you kind of mentioned that that kind of Napa style tasting room. Obviously, this basically feels like most breweries tasting room except you guys are not a brewery but it has that exact same feel it's big it's open you have all the taps there's plans for the outside i mean talk about what kind of experience somebody can get when they come here because this is not a traditional restaurant it is a tasting room you guys do have a food option which we'll touch on in a little bit but what's the kind of experience that a guest coming here when you guys get open can look forward to well i want them to feel like they're invited and not feel you know i want them to feel invited and i want them to also look forward to coming here when you're here the idea, too, is that if you know this bar and you've usually been here, let's say you're like a regular, we'll have a QR code driven system where if you already know what you want, you just scan it and order from your phone. And, and there should be somebody who's friendly that you know brings you that drink in less than a minute to your hand. If you're yeah. outside playing cornhole, you're not even hustling or bustling in a... That was one of the drawbacks of breweries is if you go in, there's one line, you're standing in line, you can only get one drink. But, you know, the God, idea here God forbid is, it's busy. All of a sudden you're like, well, yeah. that drink has now gone away. Yeah. yeah. So here we wanted to have it. So obviously this is one of the things that people find hard to deal with. There is actually no seats at our bar. And the reason being is we want you up here mingling and, and talking about stuff. And we could easily fit 40 people at this bar or more. If we get yeah, two you or have three a lot deep, of square footage. Yeah, but we have four POS systems, three handhelds, and almost 
at a peak, we might have 12 people behind the bar and their job is to do nothing but smile, talk, invite, taste, and make you feel welcome and, and comfortable here. Like, like it's your home almost, you know, other than you can't go back to the bar and serve yourselves, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Troy might want to touch a little bit more on that, but uh, you know, that's no, what no, I wanted. I wanted a very, I wanted a very inviting, warm place that you didn't feel intimidated by a guy with a giant beard, nothing against beards, but you know, where you felt like I've had it happen to me, even as a GM and, and a purchaser, I've had people talk down to me cause they had more knowledge, you know, or you don't like this. I'm like, what do you know? I'm like, well, cause it doesn't fit my taste. How about you help me? And that's our job is to direct what your taste is and what you like. It's not for me to tell you what you like. I want my customers and Troy agrees with this is that if, if you like a stout and I don't, so what, I should know your how to direct you to the right way and get you to enjoy yourself, not look down at you for liking something I don't. So that was one of the big things I hated about going to other places or dealing with other people that had a lot of knowledge. They, they'd look down at you, like, you know, intimidate you. And it's like, yeah. Oh, cause I don't like this. And we can even go back to Rayon Vert, Troy, <laughs> but I mean, you know. I've, I've, I've had those experiences. I will admit, yeah, I am intimidated by going to a brewery because I feel like the new kid at lunch, in middle school, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, maybe I don't know I don't, that one. Just give it to me and but, run away. How about a big warm smile and hey, how are you doing? And finding out, oh, you do like Coors Light? Wait until you try our OC Light. It's three point seven. You know, we'll tell you the caloric, everything that's in it. And when you taste it and you see how crisp and fresh it is, you're gonna be like, wow, this is what it, I was looking for. Most tasting rooms, you kind of get. Obviously, you see like young families come in. They bring the the you know the three year old. They bring the two dogs. There's cornhole things like that. Obviously, you guys are still in development. Depending on when people are listening to this episode, it may have been developed. What are the plans for kind of the interactivity? Because a lot of tasting rooms, the big thing is it's kind of where people can spend their day. They don't need to bar hop. They don't need to bounce. They're not worried about kind of turning a table if it's a restaurant or something like that. What are some of the things that you guys are planning for people to come and kind of spend their time doing? Well, that's kind of the way we have the place set up is built for that as well. We're going to have very large tables, community style. People mm -hmm. can come in, but they don't have to sit by themselves. It's a place where you can make new friends, learn, uh, do other things. Our patio, if you've ever been to the old signatures or back in the day, it was draft choice. The patio that they had here is relatively small. We're actually blowing up the patio three times the size. We're going to have those nice areas outside where there will be like life-size Jenga, some cornhole, some good brewery games, things yeah. like that do an awning over it so pale people like me can actually go outside. I identify with that. Thank no, no, 100%. you. 100%. And inside we'll have some games too. Sorry. I mean, oh yeah. yeah. And the front area as well where, uh, where you come in and you see like grass and things right, like mm -hmm. that right now. That'll actually be part of the patio as well. We're going to expand it all the way around and just create a more, much more open and inviting space. Yeah. And obviously we're, we're flanked side by side with TVs all around. So I'm assuming yeah. once football sports. season comes back around sports, yeah, yeah sports and friendship. And that's okay. another reason why we're not, we don't also just have beer. I mean, we have the liquor license though, so, but we want to focus on that, but that's why we're having really nice cocktails on mm -hmm. draft, really nice wines on draft. Cause there are people that will come to a brewery tasting room and they'll bring their wives or their, their husbands and they don't like beer. That's yeah. not what they're here for. So that will limit their time to able be able to sit back and relax. Yeah. You know my philosophy with restaurants. I've explained it to you before. I have a feeling with any restaurant, we kind of have the deck stacked in our favor. No one comes out looking to have a bad time. No. They want a place they can escape. They want a place they can relax. They want a place where their frustrations go away. That's our entire goal is to create a wonderful, inviting atmosphere. Um, talk about the food program a little bit, because obviously the number one way to make anybody sit longer, order another drink, et cetera, is to feed them. Because while alcohol takes the polish off furniture and people, you do need to kind of fill that 
churning cauldron of IPAs at some well, point. The, the drive on that for me was I didn't want to be like every bar. Here's your nachos. Here's your pretzels. Here's your chicken wings. Here's yeah. your happy hour. It gets so old that everybody has the same food with very small twist to it. So when we lucked out with Tres Compadres and their, and their great authentic Mexican food that they have, that's really just clean, fresh eating, and they're not putting any weird twist on it that you're like, something's off of this. Uh, I brought in an executive chef friend of mine, Christopher Mian, who grew up in Hawaii and knows seafood like you wouldn't believe, and the guy's excellent. He uh, is overseeing them, and with plus my interest of things that I think, I wanted to create some items too that you haven't seen, that when you get it here, you're going to be like, wow. And when you get it somewhere else, you're going to be like, what am I doing? It's another one of those. You see my nachos, you're going to lose your mind. So the idea was we also twisted that. And then with his knowledge, I brought in fresh locally sourced seafood that's rod to reel. Basically, we won't buy anything that's frozen. And whatever is fresh and whatever is local, we'll source it and run a special if we can off 10 days as long as they're catching it. And then we'll switch them up. Yeah. Specials. Sometimes we'll outsource some different cool ideas and stuff. But typically I'm thinking, you know, if it's ahi, I want some really spicy, cool ahi tacos. And I want you to look on my Instagram and see this huge ahi come in. And hey, get it while it's here because it's going to go fast. Yeah. And then the other things like lobster season. I love lobster. So I'm like, you know, can we do lobster tacos? Can we do lobster rolls? Can we do lobster tail? You know, as long as we have it, we're serving it. And you know it's local and it's fresh. And I also feel people will pay the price it's worth versus something frozen that you don't like. So by putting those twists and also giving you those other options, it's not just Mexican food. You have this lo fresh locally sourced seafood and a few other items like charcuterie to share with everybody. It goes with beer and wine. Yeah. You know, who can't eat meat and cheese? No, well, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to pair. I, everything goes with everything, I think. Yeah. So that, that's the idea with the food, and it's also very quick fire items, limited under 30 menu items. And there's some really, we put some thought into the kid menus, you know, what the kids like, like churros and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we put a little twist in, like the self-serve soda machine for the kids. It looks like they've got their own draft going. And um, I, that's, where, I yeah, like that's where the food's at, <laughs> you know. And, and, okay, I'll just give you a little sneak peek. You know, I, I came up with, uh, I think we've, the finished name was Tubbo Nachos. So um, it's, you know, just basically a giant bucket that's like 19 by, I don't know, 14 inches high. And we just unload this huge share plate of nachos in front of you. And it's meant for eight people. Turn the bucket upside down and the yeah. nachos it's go It's upside up down. We just like pick the bucket off. And it's just a giant tower. And you get tongs and a big plate under it. And everybody serves themselves. I'm lactose intolerant and I want that. You can do it without cheese. I'm so sorry for your struggles. It's okay. I make it work. It's how I keep my, uh, it's how I keep, get it right, get it tight. You guys have both worked together for a while, as we've established. Um, Troy, you've obviously done stints with Pat and then with bars that, you know, volume and speed is no kind of stranger to them. Um, now that you guys are here together, what does it feel like for you guys to be able to kind of be opening this spot and kind of have one that is your own, finally? Dream come true, really. I mean, this is something that... And I want to make clear, I'm not knocking the people you've knocked for oh, before. Not at all. I, I literally yeah. was in Costa Mesa today, and I thought about swinging by the goose. Like, I, I've been at Stadium many, many times. I, but what does it mean for you guys to kind of be like, when those doors finally do open and you kind of have this spot that is yours, what is that going to mean for the both of you? I mean, I can't say uh, enough about working for Lounge Group and the opportunities that Mario gave me and Mario and Andrew and the whole team. It was incredible. It's uh, everything. I got to work in the craziest, most amazing bars in Orange County um, and see them grow and help them grow. Pat and I have been friends for um, almost 20 years at this point. Yeah. We've been talking about this for 15 years, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that this thing that we've talked about, this dream that we've had together, Pat's been busting his ass for the last like five, six years to get everything ready, get it all set up. And just the fact that I got the phone call to come uh, to come help out with it 
means more more to me than I can say. Pat, what about you? You've, you've cut your teeth for a lot of people, and as you said, been working in the industry forever. What does it mean for you to finally have your own spot? It's it's a huge thing. You know, it's a big sacrifice. It, it wasn't easy to get here, but it was just driven, knowing that I, I just really wanted to do it. And I feel like once we open, we're not going to ever look back, Troy and I. And I couldn't think of a better guy to come and help me with this dream. You know, I put a lot of a lot of time in with him, and I've worked for a lot of different people and. I think it all formulated from things I didn't like and things I did like and how I could make things better. And I think Troy brings a lot to the table that I don't even have. He's way surpassed me. It's where the students way past me, you know, as a teacher. And I think it's an awesome team combo. And yeah. I love his positive attitude too, because sometimes I, you know, I can be like, Oh my God. <laughs> See, I told you, no one has anything bad to say about you. I can, oh. I can, I can give you a couple <laughs> names. Uh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're not officially kind of at the end of it yet, if you read headlines, but COVID seems like it's at least kind of getting in the rearview mirror. You guys are kind of one of the first restaurants that are kind of in the, I'm using the term restaurant kind of loosely in this case, but you guys are one of the first places that are opening kind of in this post phase, right? There were restaurants that opened during it. There were restaurants that opened kind of 2021, which was still hazy waters kind of all over the place. Now that we're in 2022, kind of one of the first ones, I mean, it's got to feel a little bit good to be like, woof, at least we didn't open then or something like that. What was the process like? I mean, you mentioned that this has been a long process coming, but what was it like dealing with the past two years of everything that was going on to get this place going? It, it was tough. Uh, you know, a lot of people are apprehensive on investing. Uh, the building owners were tough. People, you know, it, it was it was a struggle. And we went through a lot of buildings, too, before we even got this one that we were trying to get. So, uh, but we put some contingencies in when I was going to start in this building of opening it up and making space open where we can actually put in skylights that open up if we want to. The entire front of the restaurant opens up. So we feel like we're bulletproof if anything was to ever come back. Uh, and with the new cleanliness and mate, you know, I think that it's a safe environment these days. Uh, it, it was a tough, tough thing. And watching a lot of restaurants fail and struggle, too, was really hard. And, yeah. you know, that was a really tough time. Uh, and I kind of felt lucky that I didn't open right before it or take some of the opportunities that set me back because who knows if we would have survived that, you know. Yeah. And now we got this opportunity to come out with a brand new clean slate. And California has opened up a little bit more and been a little lenient on some things that's really nice that they weren't pre-COVID, you know, so I feel like we, we got a great opportunity here. Um, I was uh, uh, one of the very lucky people during COVID to not uh, become unemployed. I was working for Lounge Group. I was going to say, when, when you were on the episode way, way, way back when, I want to say that Helmsman was closed, but you were doing, like, you were helping sell toilet paper at Malarkey's, like, you guys did a lot, and again... It, Whatever anybody's opinions are at the places a lounge group, credit to you guys, you did do a lot. Yeah, the beautiful thing about that is um, it was nice to have a company that still like believed in its uh, believed in its staff and its members. Mario and Andrew during COVID actually figured out a way to partner with a local charitable uh, gentleman and give every single one of their staff members a thousand dollar gift card when they were shut down. That's awesome. They didn't have to do that. Lounge Group went from 600 employees to 13 of us, and we ran four of the restaurants. Um, it was very lucky, but also we learned a lot in all, not just how to do business, but we learned a lot about what people like. People love patios. That's why we're actually building out the patio. California, for some reason, uh, most places around here have not been big on outdoor dining, and it makes no sense since the weather's perfect. I was going to say, we're recording this, what, February 11th, 12th, and it's about 80 degrees and just about perfect. So mm -hmm. I know for a fact that some of you are listening on the East Coast, and thank you for your support, first of all. But second of all, sorry. Like, it's awesome yeah. out here. Come it visit. suck. Yeah, come visit. 
Um, as we kind of wind down, Troy, I do want to ask you because I wanted to bring up 2020 and everything that happened for a reason. Um, you're somebody who's been in the industry a long time. You stayed employed. You kind of dealt with that. You were kind of quote unquote on the front lines dealing with that, the openings, the reopenings, the mass mandates, the non-mandates, the outdoor dining. I mean, what you guys did at Helmsman was one of the best in Orange County um, Thank with you. your outdoor space. How did that change you from a management standpoint? Now that you're getting ready to open this place, what's different about you as a manager that maybe wasn't? prior to COVID? Well, the best thing about uh, looking at a terrible situation like that and finding the positive, which is what I'm, what I'm good at, is you learn very quickly to not just think about what your guests are going through, but think about what your staff is going through. Mm -hmm. you are, you're very quick now to understand that everyone has their own personal you know, tragedies that are going on. 2021 uh, was probably the worst year of my life personally. And through that, you know what helped me out? Being able to go out and uh, go to restaurants, go to work, make sure other people are having a wonderful time, make sure I'm helping other people have a great day and seeing the smiles on their faces. So I think more than anything else, it showed me the power of positivity and human interaction in a time when human interaction was uh, somewhat frowned upon. Yeah. And I'm just talking about nice, kind words more than anything else, just realizing we're all in this together. Well, one of the last things that I do want to ask you guys before we kind of wrap up is you're not open yet. You're very close, which means that you're starting to think about staffing. Obviously, it's an issue that everybody's dealing with right now. There's not a day that goes by where I don't get a text asking, hey, do you know any chefs that are free agents? Do you know any bartenders that are free agents? And it's everybody from the five stars, the Michelins down to the, the mom and pop place. Everybody is looking for somebody. How are you guys kind of approaching that little bit of struggle? Have you started hiring? And if you have... Have you run into any of those barriers that everybody else seems to be kind of hitting? We started accepting uh, resumes, and we're going to start interviewing in the next week or two. Uh, you don't want to give people a little bit too much leeway uh, going from that. But mainly our focus is finding the people that we think will be good fits. And we're also doing things that a lot of restaurants aren't doing. We're offering them more than minimum wage. We're offering uh, our staff a uh, much more accelerated chance of moving up in the company as opposed to most places where you stay at one level for a point in time. Yeah. This entire concept's built to grow and we want this team to grow with us more than anything else. Troy and I also brought a lot of people that wanted to already come work for us because we're established and, and people know our management styles and they know that we care about them. And I actually do. I mean, I've cared about my employees. I think he knows that. I know everybody has a bad day. Um, I'm not so concerned always about the bottom line. I'm more concerned about my employee and, and that they do a great job when they're here and they're happy. And that's really important. Um, and a lot of people came, we already have our management staff done, uh, our leads, and they even have people that want to work with them. Uh, we'll place some ads and we'll go out there and look. I, I hear it's a tough market, but I don't feel that we've also ran a new system where it's, it's more of a, a counter service, a high volume drive where it's a tight team. And I've, emphasize this with Troy and he understands is that we're running like a team here. Yeah. So it's not you as an individual as a lot of places are, it's you as a team and we all work together. And I feel like that's, this environment is going to create some great opportunities for people and that a lot of people that know us know what we're going to do and they want to join us. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing Pat and I hate more than sitting in an office. We like being out here. I always say, I just like oh, yeah. being out here. I'm touching tables, touching lives. 
Yeah. I got chubby I, baby I, cheeks and a winning personality. I, I don't want to be stuck behind watching some spreadsheets. You know? I do have pinchable cheeks. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Well, anybody who sees 80 taps of craft beer and, and drinks and doesn't get excited is not somebody that I want to be friends with. And I'm very <laughs> excited for you guys. Um, I'm going to have you guys back, obviously, for a Patreon-exclusive post show here in just a second. But for anybody who wants to follow along, obviously, at the time of this recording, you guys are not open yet, but you will be soon. Depending on when folks are listening to this, you may already be. But if they want to follow and they want to see when you guys are opening and what you have going on, social media, stuff like that, where can folks do that at? Oh, you can OC Local Taproom on Gmail or at, or Facebook. We're on both. We've been posting and had it established for a while. We constantly update it, and it shows videos and all sorts of great information in there about us. Instagram, Our Instagram the same thing. is OC Local Taproom. Our website's www.oclocaltaproom.com. Um, Way to pass the pop quiz. Yeah. It's always fun to drop the social media question at the end. Got yeah. it going. Awesome. Well, fellas, again, we are going to do a Patreon exclusive follow-up post show, but I really appreciate the time. Love you both. I cannot wait for this place to open selfishly because it's right around the corner for me. And I'm very, very excited for the future for you too. Can't wait to have you. Awesome. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Troy and Pat for taking the time to sit down. OC Local is something that whether you live in this area or not is exciting. It's two people that are coming together to launch something, to keep growing craft beer, to keep promoting it, to keep showing off new producers, to keep doing what a great tap room does, which has become an icon for the area. It becomes where people hang out, where people bring their kids, their dogs. They come to meet up after work. They come to meet up on a Sunday for football. They come to do a lot of different things. They become destinations and they're building one in an area that's desperate for it. I'm extremely happy for them and I cannot wait to experience it myself and hopefully see you there. Thank you to everybody that supports on free feeds. Thank you to everybody that supports over on patreon.com forward slash the best seats. This show does not exist without you. And there is so much more content coming your way each and every week. If you are listening on free feeds, consider hopping over to Patreon. It can cost you as low as two bucks a month and it goes a long way. Like I said, you get that early ad free listening access and more. Thank you to the advertising partners for the show and to all of you who are continuing to support restaurants, bars, and hospitality in general. Keep doing what you're doing, you beautiful people. I'll see you next time. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Marito Norito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez. Thank you for your support. <laughs>